have to feed Rodan tomorrow. Man. And, you know, I had so many other things queued up here for the show. I was turning them all off. Yeah, so, man. To, we had it timed down to the second. Now we've yeah. lost seven minutes. What are we going to cut? I, 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 had, I had them all queued up we'll for the show. Well, okay, so we'll just have to work through it tonight. We'll just work through <laughs> it. Okay, he apologized right there. Okay, gee, man. Why is it so difficult sometimes? Oh, gee. Okay. All right, so let's just uh, let everybody know what uh, they're watching. Uh, I want to say uh, hello, good evening to everybody out there. This is Amateur Radio Roundtable. This show is all about ham radio and also audio feedback tonight. Uh, we're coming to you from western Tennessee near the Mississippi River near Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, we, we welcome you if you're listening out there on International Shortwave tonight on 7490 kilohertz. We welcome you and uh, so glad you're with us on WBCQ Shortwave. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Let us know where in the world you are and also uh, how you're hearing the station. Now, if we haven't run everybody off, I have no idea who's still here. Uh, please subscribe. We really need you to subscribe to our channel I'm uh, putting a little arrow right there. Put, we put a little subscribe box on there for you to make it easy. So if you'll just uh, click on that subscribe box, that really helps us out to to, uh, to rank our show and help uh, YouTube to help uh, uh, you know advertise it to other people that might be interested in ham radio. Okay, join our Facebook group too. We've got a great Facebook group that follows this show. It's all about ham radio. And it's just called W5KUB. So join our group. We've got 12,000 hams in that group now. And it's growing uh, quite rapidly. Uh, you know, people all the time are trying to send me a friend request. And I don't really approve any a friend requests because... You don't have I, any friends. I, I don't have but five friends. And they're mostly, mostly uh, family. And that's the ones I have on my personal page. And you can imagine, I don't want to have 12,000 people on my personal page. But if you're looking for me, I'm always on the W5KUB page. And that page is uh, simple to find. And uh, just uh, click on it and join it, and uh, we'll be glad to, uh, to have you. Also, if, uh, many of you may not know, but we're on almost, we have, a, we have an audio podcast, too. In addition to Shortwave, in addition to this video show, we have an audio podcast that's carried out there by iTunes and Google Play and just about every um, every iPod carrier out there carries our show. And it's called Amateur Radio Roundtable. And you can download or you can just listen uh, to the audio version of this show every week. And it's loaded. Uh, that show is uh, loaded by uh, the next morning uh, after the show every every week. So check it out if you're driving around. You just want to listen to uh, the fun. You can you can do that. Okay, Brett says I haven't seen Katie on a show in several weeks. Okay, let me tell you what's going on with Katie. Uh, I was in communications with Katie today. Katie uh, has had uh, shoulder surgery, and they've gone in and had to you know clean up a bunch of tendons and. You know, put screws in and hook the tendons up and clean it out and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's been pretty rough for her uh, the past uh, weeks. And she says, uh, you know, 
that it's still going to be a long road for uh, recovery, and it's been painful, and she's on a lot of medicine, a lot of uh, drugs, so she didn't want to come on a show being all drugged up. I thought that might make her more fun, but uh, she <laughs> she says she doesn't. She you know she she'll come on as soon as she can get this shoulder healing a little bit. So that's where uh, that's where Katie uh, uh, has been. Uh, yeah, she won't us. be throwing no dipoles up in trees for a little while. That's right. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the story on Katie. She is still with us. She just had some surgery and uh, she just doesn't. Uh, just can't get on. You know. I actually said that to her, uh, Glenn. What's that? Well, I told her. I uh, told her, you know, to stop throwing stuff at Dwayne. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so that's uh, that's that. All right. Um, well, tonight I got I got several things tonight uh, just to go over with. We'll uh, we'll probably open the uh, Zoom up for uh, anybody to join us. Just maybe a little early tonight, but uh, hey, guys, you know. Uh, Soldering stations. Let's talk soldering stations a minute. Now, I, uh, by uh, Bill's recommendation, I I bought me a Metcal station. He told me that's what a lot of production companies use. It's kind of neat. You can change the tips as you go. Big tip, fine tip, broadband tip, chisel tip, and all that kind of stuff. And it's a it's a pretty nice soldering iron. It's not an expensive iron. Now, Bill can tell us in a minute. Bill, you can tell us about your soldering iron. Bill's soldering iron cost a thousand dollars. I didn't want to do that. I only put about three hundred dollars in my soldering iron. But I was reading on some Facebook groups the other day, and uh, with some of the newbies out there, and they 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 said, "Man, I didn't know what a quality uh, a quality soldering station was until I bought this one on the internet." You know, it's one of those thirty or forty dollar. Uh, soldering stations you get i've got like three or four of them in here the exact same model that keep going bad on me i don't know what's wrong with the thing so i think a high quality i bought one and it lasted me for nine years yeah yeah and then it acted like it was dying but i ended up fixing it and you know i ended up selling it and got a replacement just because that's great well so anyway i you know i bought me a metcal soldering i think and I'm, i'm pretty happy with it uh, pretty pretty happy with it, but you know, probably you guys do the same thing I do, uh, or maybe you're not. But sometimes I'm forgetful, and I'll be soldering, and hey, I may go in and get a snack or something and forget, or or somebody comes to the door and I forget, and it stays on for hours. Or I've even I've even gone to sleep at night, and the next morning find out that I've left my soldering iron on all night. Now. You know, I guess your really expensive expensive ones are going to kind of throttle down, and then you know they're they're going to try to help uh, cover that situation. But well, mine, mine turns off after about five it? minutes, completely off. All right, so here's what I did, guys, and it, it man, it has worked out wonderful, man. I bought me just a simple, just a simple. This is a thirty minute, thirty minute um, t- uh, timer. And you know, a lot of a lot of people would use this like on irons, so, you know, for ironing clothes and stuff. It, it can handle the current, but you just press a little button right here, and uh, press a little button, and hey, you got thirty minutes. 
And uh, it's pretty easy just to, when I'm working at the workbench, just every now and then just hit that button there for another 30 minutes. And if I leave, it turns off. So mine is not built in like Bill's, but uh, this little thing does wonders. And, I, and I'll tell you, if, if yours doesn't do it automatically, uh, you already get you something like this if you do a lot of soldering. And uh, I don't leave uh, mine on, but the cats yeah. do. So Well, yeah. yeah. Well, the cats may pull it out of the little holder there and set something on fire with it, so you better be careful. Wouldn't surprise me. All right, so, hey, that's my uh, uh, hint and tip tonight on soldering stations there. Let's see what they're having to say in the uh, chat room Well, there. Brett is saying that irons are actually required by Underwriters Lab is to turn off automatically, but I've never seen one that does that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that mine will do that. I, I'm. I'm not sure about that. Uh, I think mine is. Uh, mine is. Uh, you know, it will. It will. Uh, um, I don't know what the word. Thermal down. You know, I guess if you're not using it, and then uh, if I start using it, it has very fast recovery. I mean, that sucker will heat up fast, and. Uh, uh, that thing from cold to to heat enough to hot enough to melt solder it, about ten seconds, man. That sucker is ready to go. And uh, I can pull off, Bill. I can pull off one of the, uh, and it comes with that little um, that little pad that you can pull the um, the tips off with, keep from burning your hand. So I can per- pull a tip off and pick up another tip and slide it on here. But before I get that sucker sealed all the way on, that tip is so hot, I've got to almost turn loose of it. So. It is. Uh, it's fast. So anyway, wanted to talk about that. Uh, so Bill, mine, mine, uh, tell me about yours, Bill. Covering to it, it just comes out like an audio jack. Yeah. Um, it's a WX2 by Weller. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you'll see them for about nine hundred bucks or so. They're probably close to a thousand now with part shortages. I'll go out. I'll show you what one of the tips looks like. I'll be right back. All right, all right. So, you know, that's something you can do there. Uh, I think Bill's going to get a go get a tip. You get going to get a tip. Okay. All right. So let's see. Okay. But I'm happy with my solder installation. You can tell you can tell the difference in a cheapy and one of medium quality. I I really can. Uh, uh, you know, tell the difference. Let me turn my 220 radio down, and we're getting some chatter on 220. I need to turn it down. I don't know if you guys were hearing it or not. 220 is really active in Memphis. We have a couple really nice 220 repeaters here. Yeah, did um, you see in uh, CQ, I think it was the December issue, that the... Uh, the Memphis Bullfrog Simplex Net got a plug? No, I didn't. Yeah. It was in the VHF uh, column. Okay. Well, I've, uh, I've checked in at Net once or twice. I've heard them on. I, I typically yeah. don't get on uh, VHF or anything very very often. Hey, Bill, you can get those kind of cool things when you have a NASA budget to work with. Yeah, it's my own. Back. It's Let me my own budget. This is one of the tips from the Weller WX2. It's yeah. a. Uh, these cost about twenty five, thirty bucks a piece. Yeah. But uh, if you see, this is the the hot end. 
Yep. But this is the, uh, it's like a stereo audio jack, and they run the power through that. So, And this is a rubber coating, so this is not hot at all. So you, I can hot swap it just by pulling it out of the handle and That's put cool. another one right back in, and I don't need yeah. any special things to hold onto the iron. So well, you it's know, real handy. I can swap these out. You know, I think the design of that... The design of that could be dangerous. That looks like a uh, earphone plug on the end, and somebody might I tell think you what that, you'd hear some things if you plug that <laughs> in. Somebody might think that's for audio, and I don't know how they put it in your ear, but uh, you yeah. know. Oh man, it'd be uh, like a heated earmuffs at that point. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it. Looks, excuse me. Looks like a blow dart. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> All right, but I've hey, got guys, various tips, various size tips. This is a this is a fine point, and then <laughs> I uh, have wider tips that for different different things. All right, but so real handy. So since Bill made me close out everything I had preloaded here, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to have to bring up a couple things here. Oh man, I, I tell you what. I think this is what I was going to bring up. Yeah. You know, Bill, uh, I think we've got some. Why interpreters? Why I think we've got some people this in the United States translator that, device banned in the that, I'm not going to say they're not smart, but let me do this. I want to show you a news clip, guys. So I want you to take a look at this news clip. And um, tell me what you think here. So let me bring it up. Mysterious flying object on the island of Kauai. Yeah, so mysterious it sent military jets scrambling to figure out what it was earlier this week. As Manola Morales tells us, they had us, to scramble jets. Say, I don't believe exactly it. sure what they saw. Photographer Abe Kowitz took this picture on Looks Monday pretty, after he uh, saw his neighbor gazing up to me. with a puzzled look. The Princeville resident didn't quite know what to make of it. This is this big, like, bright star, but it's still sort of daylight out. Big bright That's what star. It first seemed like, but I'm like, it's bigger. It's like not getting close to dust. We shouldn't be seeing any stars this time of day. Um, that's when I got my camera. Kowitz is used to pointing his camera toward the sky, but this was unlike any he's ever seen. Celestial events. Um, I love to photograph. I love to photograph the moon. So it was easy to, like, focus in on that. You know, I, I was like, it's probably a planet. And then when I took a picture, I'm like, no, it's not a planet. He says things got even stranger when people saw military jets flying and heard sonic booms over the area. Kauai is home to the Pacific Missile Range. Major General Kenneth Hara sent out a tweet saying... In accordance with Homeland Defense procedures, Pacific Air Forces launched tactical aircraft to intercept and identify the object, visually confirming an unmanned balloon without observable identification markings. Not surprised that it was being monitored. Um, and I guess if the military figured out what it is, they don't want us to know, or they actually don't know what it is, which would be surprising. Harris <laughs> tweet adds, as part of our normal daily operations, we closely track all vessels and aircraft in the Indo-Pacific area to protect the U.S. homeland. Manola Morales, KHON2 News, working for Hawaii. 
Yeah, now you see, Tom, that is why you're supposed to put your call sign on this thing. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. Um, I, I, I caught it. I found it. What'd you find? <laughs> what'd you, what? I, 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 I just can't what? believe these people are saying that it's a UFO and they don't know what it is and it looks like a planet. Well, and I mean, it's not very I mean, every day that you see three ants mooning you. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> and hey, the weather service launches a thousand a day, just about. I, I know. Mean, that's gee. what gets me is. Surely they have seen a weather balloon before. And the, 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 it's the, attacking. It's attacking. No. <laughs> and the military has to send up two. I wonder what the fuel costs to send those two F-22s up. Am I generating any UFO reports yet? You are. The, the radar is reflecting uh, pretty uh, pretty heavily right there. I just can't believe the newscast said the military didn't know what it was and they had to scramble two F-22s at it, man. Gee. Yeah, that was a, a lot of fuel. That would that would buy you an awful lot of hydrogen. Oh wow, man! Huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, okay. So hey, because yeah, if they were supersonic, you know they were they were burning some fuel. Well, they must have smartened up because they got up here. They decided not to shoot a eight hundred thousand dollar missile at it. <laughs> yeah, and that was a that looked like a very large uh, research balloon. Yeah, it did. So, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. looked like some kind of sounding balloon. Oh, that was a big balloon. <laughs> yeah. To be able to see it from the ground like that. Yeah. Not anything on this size. No, no. By the way, this is one of those spherical uh, Mylar balloons. It's got four gores oh, on it. Oh, man. Spherical. This is, you were pressure testing the, this exact balloon. This one's doing great. It's yeah. only leaked about 0. 0.2 grams in the past two days. The clear one didn't do so well, but this one's doing great. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm, I wanted to talk a minute about that. Let me find uh key. I'm going to blame it on Bill again. Blame it on Bill. i got to pull it up. I guess I should have read the programming uh, schedule, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's blaming the other Bill. No, the other, the other Bill. Oh, okay. Yeah, not not you, not you, Bill, but the other Bill. We have a schedule. What in the world? <laughs> I am not getting these memos, guys. <laughs> Everything is just really going crazy. Hey, when, when Katie's out, it's just total chaos. Total chaos. Yep, yep. Well, Bill, were you here when I was talking about my fun today? Um, driving through the rain. Well, that part of it, but. Uh, I've had this runny nose and stuff since like last Thursday, and uh, I finally decided to go get a COVID test, and I'm negative. But you know, you you know, you know, it's bad when you think you've got COVID first over a cold. Yeah. Especially the way this weather has been flip flopping every three days. I mean, we're going back down below freezing for the rest of the week. Uh, yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow, a hey, ice storm tomorrow. Yeah, we, we've got another it. winter weather warning. I don't believe it. It's All crazy. Right. Yeah. I mean, it. this winter is unlike any winter that I can remember, and that it has gone below freezing virtually every day for the last month and a half. I've decided that I'm only going to live in a place where water cannot freeze day or night outside. 
I the sun. I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't move far enough south. Yeah, well, you could move at the sun, but you could only get out at night. So, hey, uh, hey, Bill, I just something just came up on my Facebook group here, and let's talk a minute about it. It's um, this is a uh, Leroy Weaver. Here's a peak sneak peek at a specially built balloon made of special material, scheduled to be launched from Bruton Middle School, Alabama. And uh, I don't know what it is. Are, are you familiar with this, Bill? Have you seen it? Mm, oh, I haven't seen that. Is that on your uh, It's on Facebook our Facebook page? group. Now, that material, I don't know what the material <laughs> is. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Could that be the original sushi wrap stuff? Well, I don't know. That stuff is almost impossible to get, so I, I'm not sure what that is. Um, but um, anyway... We've also had some experience trying to build a balloon, and it didn't go well. Uh, we could never get our seams to hold up there. It is a tremendous amount of pressure up there. So we were talking about the silver a minute ago, Bill, and um, you said that the you have an idea that the silver coating might actually give it some sealing uh, characteristics where, um, you know, it it might help hold the gas in. Have you thought any more about that? Yeah, but the drawback is it also absorbs heat. Yeah. Well, so we're, we thought, and we've got a balloon coming in, guys, that we're going to try to fly real soon, and we think it's going to be a good one. But it's going to be silver, and we we're going to try to take the silver paint off. And here's a uh, video. Uh, here's a quick video of me taking the paint off of a test balloon. Let's see if we can get this hey guys, you know, that's we're always trying to find a bigger balloon that we can fly that's kind of like an SBS. We think we found one. I should have it in this week. Uh, it's a smaller balloon, but it's lighter and it should fly high. But it's silver, and we're going to have to take the silver off. We want it to be a clear balloon so it won't heat up. Uh, I've got a balloon here that I, I blew up today. Uh, again, there's a lot of advertisements for 32-inch, and they're not all 32-inch. Looks like this one blows up to about 24 inches. Uh, I put some air in it because I can't take the silver off very easily with it folded up. So I just wanted to blow it up, and then when I blew it up, I couldn't couldn't unblow it, whatever that means, deflate it. I've got a hose in here, but it feels like inside the balloon, they've got a valve in there. I can put air in, but I can't get any air out. So. I'm gonna practice on this balloon here. We only got one of the nice balloons coming in, but we're gonna try to fly. This one's not gonna fly, so I'm gonna practice taking the silver off. Now, take the silver off, I understand. So we've got some uh, sodium, sodium hydroxide, and we got some sodium hydroxide. So, hey, both of them are, both of them are, uh, Similar names. Uh, this sort of work. We're going to give us a try. I'm going to. I don't know how much to put in here. See what I'm going to do. Just for safety. I don't know what the first one was, but that's lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, stuff can be caustic and can cause some problems. So we're just going to kind of. It's basically here. lie is what's so what's going to take it off. Yeah, that's sodium hydroxide. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how much to put in here, but that should be enough. That's about a cupful. Here's our balloon. Remind me never let you do my laundry. Now, ideally, if this wasn't blown up, I would I would take the balloon material and I would submerge it. 
and uh, let it soak. But I, I wonder how much you spilled on during the process. I really didn't spill any. Try a little different here. So let's see what's going to happen here. I don't know if it's going to be fast. I don't know if it's going to be slow. I don't even know if it's going to work. So Boom! Let's just see what happens here. Let's get a little on here. Doesn't it usually say on the label using a well-ventilated area? Yeah, you know, I kind of felt like I had a headache after this. I have enough concentration. Yeah, I think it's coming off. I can start to see through it. Yeah, it's starting to come off. I could just lay this balloon in here and soak it. That would uh, be nice. Oh, yeah, I see my... Uh, I see my uh, a hose inside there you can actually start to see inside there now and I see plastic around it and that's what's sealing it uh, it's got a little plastic filler in there it's not letting me uh, I can push air in but it, it's uh, keeping me from bringing the air out this is just an experiment to see if the sodium hydroxide will take the silver off I think it's doing it That's what happens when you breathe it. The camera can come around. You can actually see. You can actually see inside the blue now. Maybe see through it. You can see my, my hose in there. It's blocked with a little balloon flap in there, and that's what's keeping the air from coming back out. So if you look at uh, look at the top, so you can't see through the top, but you actually can start to see through the see through the blue there. taking the silver off and uh, it's done really well this is not how you do it but we're experimenting here just this is the first time we've ever taken the silver off a balloon and uh, the reason we want to do this is the silver even though it reflects the silver also will absorb heat and the balloon will heat the gas will heat up uh, as the sun uh, hits the balloon and um, that causes some issues. We'll be able to run a little bit higher free lift in a clear balloon than we would when it heats up. Okay, so um, I just want to show you there. We uh, we we tested, and we have a way to remove the paint now. Now, Bill Bill has tested the last couple of days clear balloon versus the silver balloon. And Bill, what what uh, what were your results? Is Bill there? Is he? I would think we no, lost. Apparently, he he stepped here. There he, he is. Yeah, Bill. Bill has tested both clear and uh, silver balloons. So, Bill, what kind of results did you get? Well, this is the clear balloon, and uh, it leaks about a gram, one point three grams a day. The silver balloon is just about two tenths of a gram a day or less. So, the silver balloon is doing better. They're the same model. They're the same construction. So, yeah. Very cool. They're pretty cool. They're called orbs, O-R-B-Z. And uh, they 
advertise them as 32 inch but in reality that's the length from here to the top of the balloon when they're flat and they're on inflated uh, it's not truth in advertising they're pretty they're small actually, yeah. they're actually about 22 inches in diameter how does that loss rate compare to the sbs well uh the sbs um is uh very good as far as loss rate i don't know bill I, I, the, last, the, the, last four, the last four we yeah. launched we lost all of all of the gas in about three hours uh, well i had one um a group in pella iowa wb0urw um they they stayed up for 110 days and yeah. went around the world eight times so they just i think they just lost it uh, yesterday oh wow probably hit an ice storm it was starting to show some signs that it was a little floating at a little lower altitude the last week or so so but uh, 110 days is pretty good that's not bad at all this uh, this compares to uh, the very low rate of 0.2 grams a day compares to one of those uh, 36 inch pancake balloons but they're not spherical see the these are actually pretty cool because they're they uh, four they have four seams and they um, they blow up to just almost a perfect ball. So, yeah. uh, there's more value. They're almost to the point where you could fly uh, a ten gram payload with these at about twenty eight thousand feet or so with hydrogen. Um, yeah, but you have to make it. F- they're only five bucks a piece. <laughs> yeah, but you got to make it F twenty two proof. Well, that's... Yeah. I'm I mean, going to test that. I'll get out the 22 and see if they'll survive. Yeah, I was going to say, because if it's spherical, you know, that's going to trigger all sorts of craziness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. I have seen uh, the the uh, the metalized one. Uh, I had one that I launched years ago from a conference called the Great Plains Super Launch. Mm-hmm. And it's ham radio balloon enthusiasts meet at this conference in the Great Plains every uh, every year. We're holding this one in July in uh, Purdue, Indiana, uh, at Purdue University somewhere. Uh, we're just working the details out on it now. It's superlaunch.org. It's the website. And so, anyways, I launched one of these with the pancake balloons and stayed up uh, for two weeks, went out to California, went up to Oregon, came back directly over the launch site in Kansas uh, 12 days later. Then it proceeded to go to Huntsville, Alabama, and flew over my house and my work. And I was standing out in the parking lot at work, and I actually see it flashing in the sky at 30,000 feet above me. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And that was 17 days after I launched it from Kansas. And having gone to the West Coast and back, it was really wild. <laughs> well, I think, you, I think you put the wrong kind of tracker in it. It was tracking <laughs> you, not you tracking it. Yeah. Yeah, I have a balloon magnet uh, here that I leave on by accident every once in a while. So, everybody knows uh, we tried a dual launch a couple weeks ago, and uh, both balloons failed. The SBS failed over uh, Georgia, and we recovered it. And um, the... um, the other balloons, there was two Chinese balloons, uh, they they fell somewhere south of um, Greenland, probably in the ocean out there. We're going to try to get another launch off uh, in the next uh, week or so.
uh, with two balloons. We're going to fly the new balloon, this new secret balloon that we think is going to fly really well. Uh, comparable, we hope it's comparable uh, with the SBS as far as altitude. And uh, it's much cheaper. We're trying to bring the cost down uh, in, in these flights. They can be very expensive. We've done a, a, a large number of flights over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, I kid everybody about we have to, we need to join Balloon Anonymous. And, uh, but, uh, y- you know, we, we do build our own tracker. And we Top save a lot of money. We save a, a lot of money. member with you. We would be uh, close to. What? I'm a charter member of. Yeah, you are. Oh, you're. Yeah, you're. You're way over. So we try to try to. I try to hold the cost in so we can get more flights in the air. Of course, you guys know we build our own own tracker. It's amazing this thing can transmit nine thousand kilometers. It's amazing. Uh, and you know, my cost to build this is about a thousand dollars. It's got about thirty-five dollars worth of parts in it. And it's got nine hundred and something dollars of labor in it. I was going to say there's got to be a lot of labor soldering those little flea-sized chips. So yeah, so it's probably about thirty-five with 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 that GPS module, the little white spec. That GPS module itself is twenty-three dollars, and uh, we've been playing with some new ones. We've got we've got some new GPS modules, and they're like three dollars a piece. So we've instantly cut about $20 off the price of this. So I might be able to construct one of these now for about 13 bucks and about $900 labor. Uh, so that, anyway, that's our, that's our plan there. Bill's helped uh, a whole lot with us getting the code working right to use the, uh, the, uh, the new uh, GPS module here. And our friend uh, uh, Michael over in Sweden has also helped. And, um, in fact, Michael is flying one of the balloons that we're going to try to fly in the next week or so, and uh, it's doing very well. It's on its third trip around right now. So, uh, and the problem about this is, uh, uh, Glenn, I can I can build th- for every three I build, one doesn't work, and I don't know why. But I, I usually have to build three to get two that will work, and uh, sometimes you know I can I can resolder and get things going where where you know maybe it, i can get it get it working and maybe i can't i've got several that are dead hey let's take a quick break we'll be right back and uh we've got some other things to talk about didn't get everything time to spice up your ham shack with icom's new id52a handheld this radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out the ID52A is now shipping. ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is a VHF-UHF dual-bander with D-Star and FM dual-mode functions. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex and worldwide calls over the D-Star internet gateway. The ID52A is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display and the ability to send photos over D-Star with a connected Android phone. Features include a wideband receiver with guaranteed range of 144 through 148 and 440 through 450 MHz. It has an integrated GPS receiver including grid square location. It also has a micro USB for data transfer, programming, and charging. 
and it's IPX7 waterproof. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, and we are back. And my name's, I'm Tom, and I build trackers. Is that, I guess that's how you're supposed to introduce yourself i i got these yeah. in i got no, these no. in today Bill. you are I, tom you are a balloonaholic i i i uh, restocked my boards uh today yeah. I, there's about 25 more boards so actually it's balloonatic i'm I, I'm, now, I'm, tom, I'm in for the long haul now i want to tell you a little saga that i've had trying to find the atmel microcontrollers the uh, mega 328p which is a very common Yep. Common microcontroller that I've been spending a dollar seventy-four each for. Right. My last order last summer was a buck seventy-four from DigiKey. DigiKey and Mauser are now saying that they won't have stock on them until uh, 2023, one year from today. In fact, one of them said May of 2023 before they would see any. So I've been going and looking at the surplus chips, and I got a quote. I was going to buy a hundred of them from uh, Australia from a surplus house. They wanted forty-six dollars a piece for them, mm. and I think the quote was yeah, just some ungodly amount of money. So, uh, um, so Brett, you know, you you just gave Tom forty-six bucks a piece on those. Yeah, two. I'll yeah. sell you a whole yeah. Uno for forty-five um, bucks. Yeah, Brett. Brett was nice enough to send me a few, and uh, I'm going to really. Guard those with my life. I think I've got a pair of three twenty-eight dip chips. If you if you really really want them, yeah. But the nah. surface mount ones, um, we found some on uh, what was it? There's eBay, some on eBay, AliExpress. Yeah, yeah, AliExpress. AliExpress and AliExpress. They come from China and they're just loose in a package. They just. But what I figured is they probably get those. As the end run when they're doing a big assembly order of a uh, probably Uno's when yeah. they're doing doing the let's say they're building a batch of ten thousand Arduinos they're going to have a bunch of uh, of chips fall out at the end on the floor so they sweep them up and they sell it to us for five bucks a piece. Yep. Yeah. Well, I don't know if things are going to get better or worse, but uh, you That's can still find them out there worse. and. The price is uh, the price is going up, but that forty five bucks a piece. That's you know, that's insane. They, they were actually they're looking for suckers on that bill. I'm glad you didn't. Uh, hey, I've seen my yeah. first book going for two hundred bucks. Well, did it really sell <laughs> Look, for that? Even I it, know it's not worth that did, much. Did, did, well, did it sell for that or was it going for that? Was it it right? actually it has no. It is actually sold for that price. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So some people are a little bit desperate. Yeah. Of course, we're working on a fix for that. 
one, one way right. or the other, the the kit, the projects from that first book will be available in another book. Well, I know you're you're not giving us any hints. No, no, we are we we have not signed anything on a dotted line yet. Let's just put it that way. But that's imminent. All right. Hey, guys, is there anybody out there who likes to do nets? You know, like a 40-meter net, 80-meter net. You know, I just can't get any volunteers for Harley for anything here. I found one guy about three years ago that was going to help us call our net for our show. And uh, he was going to do it, and he came down to the day to do it, and his wife got really, really mad at him because he already called five more nets that week. And he was never in the house. So he had to backtrack and he i didn't get anybody to help with our net so i'm looking for somebody out there that might like to help us i'd like to get our net started again and get some activity on hf again and uh you know maybe somebody can call a 40 meter net or an 80 meter net even 20 meters I mean, let's try some different bands when i was calling the 40 meter net that pretty much limited it limited it is that a word limited it that pretty much limited, limited it to the same area of people, you know, uh, each each week when we talked. But if we had a net on 20 and 40 and 80, we could probably bring in a lot more of our group together. So um, looking for if you, hey, if you want to volunteer and help us call some nets, we'd love to have you do that. Also, DMR. We have our own DMR talk group, 31693. Uh, for our webcast, our show, and it's not being used. Nobody's on it, and uh, uh, we need somebody to call a DMR net. That would be cool, too. All right. Uh, well, you know, hey, I'm hearing Hamvention is coming up soon. No uh, kidding. I I've saw, got my plane reservations. Yeah, I saw uh, uh, Michael Coulter Make an announcement about it and uh, talking about yeah, they, it. So it's it's they a go. They haven't announced the forums yet, though. Yeah, it's it's a go. So we're gonna we're gonna be there, and uh, this will be. Well, I don't know if it can be called consecutive year now. I mean, we, this would have been about our fortieth consecutive year, but of course, COVID took two years out. So I don't know how you count yeah. that. But anyway. We're going to go there. We're going to have our booth there again this year, but we are not going to do a live webcast from Hunt, uh, from uh, Hamvention. Uh, it's really expensive, uh, and it takes all of our time. Uh, while we're there, I don't have time to look around and see anything. And um, we're going to go this year and just enjoy it, and we're going to get out and walk the flea market and go look at everything and talk to people. I will take some video, and we will bring it back, and on a Tuesday night, we'll have a show and kind of recap uh, the Dayton uh, Hamvention, uh, but that's what we're going to do it this year. So, for Dayton, we won't be giving out any prizes, uh, but we will still continue to do Huntsville, uh, May, June, July, August. In August, we'll have uh, Huntsville coming up, and uh, it's just a perfect show, and uh, it's easy to do, and... Uh, We'll uh, we'll do our regular thing at Huntsville uh, this year. So you're going to your up, walking man. shoes. What was that? You're going to need to bring your walking shoes if you're going to check out that flea market. It will take you all day just to get through yeah. that. 
Well, you know, I, I, I many years ago when we, when it was, I loved it when it was outside at Hera, and uh, yeah, we would walk, we would walk the entire outside flea market. I'd almost never go inside, Glenn, because when I would go inside, I'd get lost and I couldn't tell what building was what, or where anybody was, and it was always such a crowd in there that you couldn't even walk around in here anyway. But bring and, boots uh, if uh, you're out by that. Uh, the racetrack, I know they've done a lot to improve it, but the first year they did it, it was pretty muddy. Yeah, it was yeah. it was seen, awful. I've seen guys out there with their uh, their scooter chairs getting stuck in the mud. You could have had a big business towing them out. They had RVs getting stuck. Yeah, but they put did a lot of improvement on the track, so that that shouldn't be an issue. This no, year. they've they've started yeah. putting down that crushed rubber or right. whatever. I think that's asphalt. Uh, asphalt, those little clippings from shingles and stuff, you know, covered it out there. You know, yeah. you know, we used to walk it outside of Hera, and uh, we would walk. It would take the entire day to walk everything. It, it was pretty straightforward because it was like little streets out there. Now, there, Xenia is kind of spread out. It's not quite the same. It's the same number, I guess, but it just doesn't feel the same. But we would be it's so tired. We would be, we would be so tired walking uh, there. At the end of the day, man, we were so tired. And if our hotel was 20 miles away, uh, man, we almost were falling asleep. We almost couldn't make it back oh, yeah. to the hotel. Hey, oh, yeah. Brent, Brent asked, what do we do for the Internet uh, there at, at uh, uh, Dayton? We, we've done several things. Uh, uh, five or six years ago, Brent, I, I paid AT&T to put a circuit in. And uh, we put an internet circuit in our booth, uh, and it cost us eight hundred dollars for three days. So the internet was eight hundred dollars uh, for three days. Uh, and in a, a couple years, I hooked up with uh, uh, I hooked up with uh, Exceed. I think I got some. Let me see if I got some here. We hooked up with Exceed. Oh yeah, and you guys may remember this. You guys may remember this. Like we hooked up with Exceed and we put VSATs or satellite, a satellite system in an uplink and a downlink, and they gave me a complete clear transponder because the internet satellite system was very new to them, and we were the only ones on that channel. But uh, you guys may remember, you may remember this guy. I don't know if you remember him or not, but this was Exceed. In fact, if you uh, if you watch our promo of our show when we come on you'll see this guy right here i'm interviewing this guy in our promo so we had uh we had internet um by uh at&t one year we had viasat a couple years in a row and then uh the last year or two uh dayton uh hamvention have put their own network in um they're at the fairgrounds and uh, you could get internet uh, through them, which is uh, pretty good. Yeah, you know that that guy that you were talking about, you know, that you interviewed. This guy here. Um, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you realize that because you don't use that service anymore, he's now flipping burgers at McDonald's for fifteen dollars an he, hour? He, he he may be, maybe. Uh, what did we do before that? We were outside, and 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 you know, we've been webcasting Hamvention for about. 19 years so internet was really a really really bad 19 years ago up there 
But um, I had a a a three G router uh, through Verizon, and uh, we we would actually uh, work off three G. And I can't remember then, but we might have got you know fifty or sixty kilobit. I don't know. Uh, you know, quality yeah. quality was bad, but uh, the best we could. And um, I remember your first few years in the flea market. We would. We would go out there with our cell phones and we'd call relatives and friends and 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 say tune in w5kub and and we'd wave (laughs) yeah (laughs) you'd always have a line of people we have a lot of people a lot of people were lining up to call home and say look at me you know yeah and and, you know before there were video phones you know yeah but you know one of our one of our most successful i think broadcast is we stream live the drive the eight hour the 10 hour drive all the way and we stream we stream the drive back and uh you know one year one year i don't know if anybody on here might remember it but it's probably been oh man it's probably been 10 years ago we were coming back we were north of nashville nashville coming back and uh we got stopped. Uh, my my friends with us in our caravan in front didn't warn me in time that he went through a radar trap on the interstate. So we only got clocked at eighty nine and a seventy. So so we get pulled over, and um, I have my friend Bruce with me, and uh, I'm, I'm driving a an Infinity car, but it is packed. We've got we've got hubs and switches in it. We got Ethernet cables running everywhere. We got uh, Verizon routers. We've got uh, dash cams. We've got GPSs. We got radios. Uh, we got computers running. Uh, I, I mean, there there wasn't space in there for an ant to get in. You should have shown them your Men in yeah. Black uh, card. Yeah. So so the officer. I did a video on this. The officer, oh man, what's her name? I'm losing, I'm losing my memory now. Anyway, she came up to the window of my car and said, do you know why I stopped you? <laughs> anyway, so I said, yes, yes, ma'am. So I handed her my license. And about that time, this pickup truck comes by and wheels are just screaming, man. I think they almost hit her. So she said, she threw the license at me. She threw it back at me and says, I'll be back. And she ran and got in her car and chased that guy down. Now, so we're sitting there. They, they sat behind us for like 15 minutes before they came up to my window. So they, they pretty much knew probably who we were. They'd already run the tag and everything. So, so anyway, so she's off after this guy that almost runs over her. And she says, I'll be back. That's the way she said it. So, you know, after about 30 minutes, after about 30 minutes, my, my friend says, I mean, I got to go. I got to go take a leak. And, you know, on the interstate, you got the woods, the forest up there, you know. He said, I'll, I'll go up there. and said, no, man, you can't go up there. I said, if, if she's coming back and she sees you walking out of the woods, she's going to think we put something in the woods up there and they're going to tear this car apart. So. After about 35 minutes or so, and it's kind of funny, you know the little signs you see on the side of the interstate, uh, it called Tennessee Highway Patrol, uh, dial, you know, pound, whatever. There was one right in front of the car. So we dialed it, and I said, I said, hello. I said, uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm so-and-so, and I'm, I'm stopped here. Uh, I had it for speeding by Officer Fritz. And I said, um, she had to leave, but I said, I said, I think she said she would be back, but I'm not sure. Now, what she really said was, I'll be back. But I said, I think she said she might be back. And I'm just checking. And they said, well, we'll, uh, we'll call her on the radio. And I said, now, please don't make her mad. <laughs> and they said, oh, wait, she, won't get, she won't be mad. So she, they called her. And she told the guys on the phone here, says, tell them they can go. So we didn't even get a ticket. All right, we didn't even get a ticket. Now, the next year, I tried, I tried to contact them and her. I wanted, north of Nashville, with the streaming camera, I wanted to try to meet her in person as we went to Dayton and maybe get her to give us an escort, you know, just a little ways, maybe a mile or two. They never returned my phone call. They never returned my email I sent to them. So I never got to meet uh, uh, Officer Fitz. Now, I did see, I did see either earlier, I think probably earlier or later than that. I can't remember. She was actually, she got wounded in a shootout somewhere. But uh, that was our experience. That was our experience with uh, Officer Fitz. Oh, and everybody's in the chat room wanting to know, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. And people were starting to take up a collection to bail us out of jail. So that was a, that was a fun time, you know. Hey, Tom, yeah. 89 miles an hour is just your average Internet speed here in northern Alabama. Is it really? Yeah. Well, I don't know how 89. I mean, you get run over if you aren't going at least 80. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably getting pretty close to... Um, where they throw the book at you. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, let's Everybody see. tends to start speeding up once they hit the Alabama border. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, if you're not doing triple digits, you're going to get run over. Oh, man. <laughs> kind of like the Audubon here. Yeah. I lived in Birmingham for, what, 10, 12 years. You know, Never I, did get used to that. I need to get me a mask like this. I can do the show one night. <laughs> but now when you're driving up to Ohio, everybody starts slowing down as they're crossing into Cincinnati, and they put it right at 65 or 70. They, they never exceed the speed limit in Ohio. Yeah. Everybody grinds to a halt there. Yeah. All right. I'll tell you what. I'm going I'm to go ahead and post the Zoom, the Zoom link here. Guys, you've been listening to Amateur Radio Roundtable. Uh, show about ham radio. We we appreciate you if you're listening out there on shortwave 7490. We'd love to have you join our show, uh, our live video show on Tuesdays. You can find us at w5kub.com. Again, just everybody, if you will, hit that subscribe button. We need you to hit the subscribe button right there. The arrow's pointing at it. Please hit the subscribe button. It'll greatly help us out. And uh, hit the uh, hit the notify button. Sometimes we come on during the week with something special, and that'll notify you. Let me uh, post a link here, and we'll uh, see how many people want to join us on our uh, Zoom link. So here's the, I think this is the link. Let's see. I can hit the right keyboard. There we go. So hit that right there and, uh, and, and join us. And we're now going to go into the after the show show. 
So Amateur Radio Roundtable County is officially off, but we can still continue to talk about these things. So we're now going into the after the show show on Amateur Radio Roundtable. So, okay, we got somebody here already. Charlie's in here from Uruguay. Let's get Charlie in there. Let's see who else we can get. There's Brett in there. Yeah. John says he thinks his car would lose pieces if he ever got it that fast. Oh, man. Actually, in my teen years, I actually made the run from Jacksonville. Oh, gosh. All the way down to Melbourne, I think. It was one full fuel tank, and my foot did not lift off of the gas. That little six-cylinder Mustang did 102 miles an hour. Uh-uh, man. I graduated from uh, college. Um, Harris was was trying to get me to work for them out uh, near uh, Cape Kennedy. And so um, I flew into Miami, and they had a Trans Am, a bright red Trans <laughs> for the rental car. And... I, uh, those, uh, light poles were going by about twice normal speed. I had it up to about 120 on mm, Interstate 95. Mm, mm. I was just going to say, man, you, you took 95 and it's just a straight shot. Yeah. Yeah. I got there in record time. They almost, they almost got me. <laughs> yeah, and as far as getting a job there, that was a, a good incentive. Oh man. Yeah. You know, I was just up there the other week on, uh, up near Daytona Beach and uh, St. Augustine. And, uh, you know, we were on when A1A, they, though. When they give you a bright red sports car uh, for your job interview uh, transportation, well, you know, you've got to use it. Yes. And you got to use it. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I, I was at Pratt and Whitney there in the, in the Glades in West Palm, and we had a five mile access road from the turbojet engine test area to the main plant. Straight, very lightly traveled, no radar, you know, secure area. I had a Camaro. I will say no more. <laughs> I was in the Autobahn um, years ago, and I was driving with my girlfriend, and a BMW was cheaper to rent than a Ford uh, product <laughs> in Germany because of the gas mileage. Uh, the the uh, the American cars got better gas mileage, and at eight dollars a gallon, uh, that was a higher demand than a BMW. So I went for the BMW, and I'm driving down the autobahn, going 170 kilometers per hour. And <laughs> my girlfriend said, "Bill, you're going 170. Slow down." I said, "No, it's kilometers per hour." Oh, well that. That got me and bought me a few about ten minutes while she tried to calculate what that was in miles per hour, and so he finally asked me how many miles or you know kilometers in a mile. I said one point six. So she thought about that some more. Finally, she blurted out, "You're going over a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But you know, if you don't do that, if you see the little speck in your rearview mirror. And you try and pass somebody, that spec's going to be right on you because it's going to be yeah. a Mercedes going 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I do, especially uh, if it's for the number of years Kathy has gone with us and helped us in Dayton and 
Let's look at it. Sometimes she drives while I'm streaming, and I'll be in the back seat. We'll have a truckload of people, and I'll ask for a um, I'll ask for a price check on aisle five. Uh, and everybody out there knows what price check on aisle five means. It means what's our speed? <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Charlie, what are you doing tonight? You're awful quiet. Hello, everybody. How are you? Hello. You, you're smiling tonight. You don't look tired tonight. Uh, yes, I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah. So, what is it, about midnight? There? Midnight, yeah. Oh, midnight. boy, you, you, you sure stay up late. Yeah, that's past my bedtime. Yeah, yeah. I, I wake up late, too. Oh, and they, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, let me tell you, going to Orlando and being on Eastern Time really messed up my sleep schedule. Oh, please. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm not used to that Yankee time. Yeah, stuff. Eastern Time. Well, I'll, Eastern I'll, time I'll tell you what, too. Glenn. I I, <laughs> I went. I, I flew down to to Huntsville, and, and I stayed, you know, block and a half away from from the Von Braun, and for some reason. My eyes popped open at like six o'clock in the morning. I'm saying to yes, myself, sir. Oh. I'm saying to myself, well, wait a minute. It's seven o'clock back in New England. <laughs> exactly. Let me tell you something. When I moved from West Palm to Birmingham, that was the most wonderful thing because now I could stay up and watch Monday night football and it wouldn't be past my bedtime. That extra hour was worth gold to me back then. Hey, we changed time, don't we, again in another another week or two? Yeah, it's about week and a half, two weeks, oh, I think. Oh man, I'll see. We. Oh, I thought they were going to. I thought they had something in legislation that was going to. I ain't heard nothing. I wish they. <laughs> I wish they'd just do away with it. I'm tired of this flipping yeah. back and forth, pick, man. Pick yeah. one and leave it. You know. Just make everybody in the whole world the same time, twelve o'clock. <laughs> you know, yeah, I always remember better. you spring up and that'll work for down. me. You do, do, do away, hey, do away with right? the do away with uh, UTC time. Just make everybody on the same time, twelve o'clock. And if I say let's have a meeting at twelve o'clock, everybody will be there. Yep. The uh, just be thankful you aren't in parts of Australia where you're a half hour out of sync. Yeah. 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 Hey. Yeah. Hey. Or, hey. Uh, hey. Or, uh, done that. That ain't that ain't a, bad. Uh, That's not bad. Forty five minutes out. There's some so. places that are fifteen minute time zones. Yeah. And I yeah. think uh, I have to look at a map. I think there's that's one. That's in India, isn't it, Tom? I, I, uh, oh, man, I somewhere. There may be there may be one that's a twenty minute time zone. Yeah. There's usually only about three people in that time yeah, zone. Yeah. Yeah. Do they do oh, that man. to make the trains run on time? <laughs> That was yeah. the whole idea behind time zones, actually. Yeah. John is saying everywhere because it gets in the next time zone. Exactly. Huh. Yeah, John in the chat room is saying it's the 13th for the time change. So that's a little over two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Glenn, we're going to have the big ice storm tomorrow, man. What are we going to do? It's it's like 70 degrees tonight, but I think the ice storm is supposed well, to hit tomorrow, man. Here's the deal, Tom. You're a state away from me. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're not predicted to get anything other than rain. Yeah, I think we're and just we're, gonna get we're just going to get tornadoes. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm a whopping what five miles south 
Actually, uh, actually, the the ice and everything is going to kind of go east. I mean, west of us. It follows up the river. It it yeah. seems like it never crosses the river too much. And also, uh, Interstate Forty is like ten miles uh, uh, north of us. Uh, all the bad weather usually stays above I forty. It never comes down under I forty. I don't know how they can manage that. But yeah, uh, no, you're eighteen it, driving it miles from me, so that puts you about. You know, five miles north and thirteen miles east yeah. of me. Yeah, and that five miles north-south difference is all the difference in the world between feats of ice and snow and cold, wet rain. Yeah, uh, Mark says North Korea has different time zone in South Korea. I didn't know that. I spent a year in Korea, and I didn't even know that. I, I don't know. I'm not even sure I even knew what time it was in South Korea. I'm not even sure so I had a watch. Older than that here. What was that? Uh-huh. 8.4 degrees. Oh. Hold, hold it up again. I, hold it up. Let me see again. Hold it up. That's at least five blankets too cold for me. <laughs> this is my this is my radio remote thermometer. That's what it is outside. 68.7? 68. 68. No. Is that degrees? 68.7 is inside. Oh, okay. 1.4 is oh, outside. 1.4 1. 1. outside. Okay. Yes. All right. 1.4 outside. Actually, yes, uh, actually, I just looked at our temperature. It's 54, 54 outside. So. Well, yeah, but you know, we went from 70-something degrees to 28 degrees overnight. The north and the south fight each other weather-wise over our area here, Glenn. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember. When I first moved to Huntsville or to Birmingham in 84, you guys had an ice storm to die for. I mean, you guys were iced in easily for a week. We, I, uh, I remember. We had an ice storm, I believe, in 97 here. It was like an inch of ice, knockout yeah. power for a full week. And I had to light my friend's Christmas tree light with a motorcycle battery and an inverter. <laughs> yeah. That I think yeah the early nineties I I thought it was ninety four or something but yeah the, the, that that storm down left and right the, yeah, yeah ninety four or thereabouts brought down, it brought down the steel those big steel high tension lines that go across the country yeah. and it took months to get power back to some people ninety four was when we had like a foot and a half of snow overnight and that snow went up to New England where it snowed three feet on me yeah. And uh, we were able to go to the grocery store within a few hours, whereas here in Alabama, that would shut us down for at least a week or two. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I had power the next day, but the apartment literally in the same building across the hall from me was on a different feed. They didn't have power for two weeks, so we ran an extension cord across the hall. Well, in in the South, you have to figure that the city... Uh, everything's going to be shut down for one day for every inch of snow. Yeah. Well, they're talking after this last ice storm about burying the power lines. Hmm. You know, I've been suggesting that for... Well, we did that in Miami, no the one, subdivision I grew up in, in the no 60s. You know, that seems like the most logical thing to do, but they never do it. All of our utility lines were buried, and that I, I remember we moved to that house in 67. Yeah, yeah, that works well, until, you, somewhere, until you somewhere, though, somewhere they come out of the ground. So you, you got to watch it there, even though you're buried. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, but still, you know, it's not on a pole that's going to 
fall. As a matter of fact, yeah. the place where the terminal that came up out of the ground was in my neighbor across the street yard, and it was about a 10 by 10 foot block. And it, you know that's where the transformer was and stuff like that. And that was in a sealed metal shed. Yeah. And I, they never had to open that ever. And we very rarely had power outages. Had a, this is 1967. We've got we've got a pole behind a house, and I think I think the line is either 7,000 or 14,000 volts. I don't remember which, but uh, it it uh, it actually broke. I had a tree. I watched a tree fall across it here a few years ago. Uh, actually, astronaut Doug Wheelock was with us, uh, and we both watched it fall there. Uh, but I was going to say, uh, well, we had one outage where a squirrel got up on a transformer and uh, he blew the fuse out, man. I mean, talk about an explosion. I don't think there was anything left of that squirrel. Yeah, I was going to say, he blew more than the fuse out. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know probably the biggest thing you could find of him was a tuft of hair. I think I found <laughs> If you were lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I found a little bit of the tail or something somewhere on the ground, but that was all left, man. Yeah. Yeah, that happens over here kind of on a regular basis. You know, they, they jump on it and it pops the breaker. Sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't. Mm. Man. All you right. Get a lot of lightning cool. damage in the spring and fall also, and uh, you see you see antennas completely destroyed. By the uh, by, the lightning. We have one. You ever, you ever see the effect in, in cartoons where someone puts his um, puts his finger in the muzzle of the gun and a gun blows up right like a banana? That's what the antennas did. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I've been very lucky. I've not had an antenna get hit with a direct hit, but I've seen trees get hit with a direct hit. Yeah, they vaporize the top half of the tree. Mm. Well, who else we got in here? We got Charlie in here. We got Brett. Did anybody else call in? We we, we need to get more people to join us. Yeah, you got Bill and Bill. Bill's there. Yeah, we need yeah, to get the Bill. troublemaker. Yeah, yeah we got to get Bill to give up his seat. He causes too much trouble. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, oh, you put you put Rodan to sleep. She, yeah, she's yeah this is, they're going to keep you up all night now. I'm telling you. Well, one's the on the one's on the. <laughs> She's laying on the UPS, so you know she'll be there a while. But I've heard Godzilla tromping up and down the halls here. Uh oh. Yeah, she's she's getting wired up. So you have Godzilla and Rodan. Do you have a Kong? No. <laughs> I actually had a Khan years ago, and he was actually named after the Star Trek character. And boy, did he live up to that. Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Yeah, he was. He had that mild mannered, calm temper, and then he would just go off on you. <laughs> but uh, no, these two, you know, it's the three a.m., four a.m. You know, tag team wrestling matches. Yeah, well, you're up at five anyways to go to work, right? I'm I'm up at five, but I am not up at three or four. <laughs> I am getting, I mean, I will sit there and I will wait until that digit clicks over to five and turn the alarm off on the first beep rather than wake up five minutes early. 
But the problem is, if I move so much as an inch, if I breathe funny, if I make a funny sound between four and five, somebody's nose is in my face. And it's like, oh, you're up. Come feed us. And once once they get you to acknowledge that they got you, you're toast. You might as well get up at that point. Yeah. All right. Oh here, boy. Here we go. <clears throat> Look at this picture. This is here a, we go. Oh, we got yeah. we got a weather alert. Let's see what the weather alert is. Where did we get a weather alert? I'm oh. hearing it. It's probably gonna tell us we're having an ice storm in like three hours. Uh flood warning. Oh yeah, yeah. This is uh, one of our uh, members sent this picture to us uh, from the UK. They had uh, 110 mile an hour winds, straight line oh. winds over there, and uh, it kind of did a little damage. Little? You know, oh my God. Pillow. That kind of reminds me, uh, Glenn, do you remember when Hurricane Elvis came through Memphis? Yeah. That was pretty tough, man. Um, for people that don't know what we're talking about, uh, it was uh, actually it was termed by the news and everybody as Hurricane Elvis. It re- wasn't really a hurricane. It was uh, it was over a hundred mile an hour straight line winds that came through here. And man, I mean, rain and wind. I, it was going sideways, and uh, uh, if it wasn't screwed down, it was gone. Uh, I think my that son, put my neighbor's tree in my pool. Well, my he had a son, big sassafras tree. My son, uh, Chris, uh, AC5CM, uh, he uh, uh, he lived out in the county, and he he had three or four big 80- or 90-foot trees come down on top of his house. And uh, it actually, you know, he, in his house, he actually had a furnace, you know, up in the attic and gas and everything. And he actually, uh, I thought he did pretty well by himself here. He actually, in all that mess, uh, found a, a wrench and went out and turned the gas off because it was spewing. But it demolished his house, and uh, it took about a year to put that thing back together. Yeah, that sassafras tree literally fell right into the pool, and one of the big limbs literally hit the bottom, and you could see a little harder, and it would have punched a hole in the gunite at the bottom of the pool. Well, yeah, yeah. we got that patched. For those that remember, back uh, this month, last year, we had a big tree fall in our house, and uh, yep, it actually broke up the driveway. It, uh, uh, I had, I think, I had six twenty-foot squares uh, of concrete replaced because it actually uh, tore up my driveway when the uh, when the tree fell. And hey, Glenn. Ice storm tomorrow. Maybe I get to use a generator. I don't know. <laughs> well, I I'm working from home tomorrow, so let it happen tomorrow. Because right. Thursday I got to go into work. All right. Well, if you lose power, come on up. We'll have power. <laughs> let me tell you something. After driving in that deluge on the way home today, I think I'll just stay home and freeze to death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was on 240 in in the middle of just torrential rain today. All because I forgot my cell phone. Well, you need to forget it every day. I yeah, I've, I've got a little note that on it that says just leave me here. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty nice. Your boss sending you home. Oh yeah, no, it's it, they're they're really they're still on COVID, you know, protocols and stuff, yeah. and so they want everybody staggered. I'm the only one in a cubicle for like six cubicles around me. 
All right. And so the, they've got me for you know Tuesday, Thursday, and then they've got other guys doing Monday and Wednesday and staggered all over the place. All right. Well, speaking of COVID, there we go. Oh, yeah. Let's not talk about that. There we go. <laughs> yep. Well, you, you hear I'm stuffed up and stuff, and oh. trust me, I went and had myself tested. I am negative. This is, honest to God, a thing that we have forgotten that exists. It's called a cold. Yeah, yeah. And it's real. <laughs> but I was, I was so, you know, sure that I had the crud that I went and took a test. And it's like, nope, you're fine. It's just a cold. And, uh, you know, but when you look up the symptoms, you can't really tell the difference anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, the it says, symptom oh, you might have a fever. You yeah. might not. The you might have a runny nose, but you might not. The symptom of everything is COVID. Yeah. Everything. So, yeah. So, but like I say, I went and took the test just to be sure, and it. It's about as negative as they can be. So I'm like, okay, good. I'll live. We're coming There's to you nice from background. Studio A. <laughs> this is Studio A. Yeah, I'm about to uh, completely revamp my shack in here again. Let me go back to the ham shack. There we go. I have empty shelves. Oh, no. Got to buy more radios. Well, that's just it. The 950 is gone. The 847 is gone. The Rebel is gone. The Micro Bid X is gone. Um, gosh, what else is gone? Just Man. empty space. Just just waiting for that FTDX 101 MP mm-hmm. and the 9700. When is FT- it coming? I've got an FTDX uh, uh, 560. You can uh, bet all no, no. No, no, it's the 101 MP. I have been going back and forth with gigaparts on all of the features and options and everything. It only weighs 60 pounds and it's got tubes. Man, it's... Actually, though, that was one of the first radios I ever saw was the original FT-101, the 101E, <laughs> and I fell in love with that radio. That was just, for its time and era, the, that 101 was the sweetest rig you could get. And the 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 five sixty was a pretty nice rig too. Yeah, <clears throat> it's been in my barn for fifty years. Oh wow! I saw one um, a one hundred one. What is it? The Z. It was Z with another letter, like a Z A Z E, something like that, at Collinsville. That still had the plastic on it. I mine still has the plastic on it. Oh I man! I never took it off. That was, you know, and I I looked at that and I looked at that and it's like, I'd never use it. I couldn't turn it on. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't couldn't bring myself to. But no, um, the logistics are all worked out. When I was in Orlando, I had a long talk with Gigaparts on the best way to move that amount of money and uh, get it shipped here safely and everything and all of that. And it looks like it's probably going to be mid to end March when I pull the trigger. Yeah, well, I know somebody that tried to order a 7300 from Gigaparts. Yeah, it's going to be out of stock. It actually showed up on their website that that they had one left in stock. 
the kid got on there and he put the thing in and they sent him an email saying that it was already sold. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and see, with the 101 MP, the max package they had, which has got all of the filtering uh, options in it, that's a special order. So they just said, you know, it's going to be back ordered, place the order, and we'll order it and get it to you. Well, this chip shortage is going to affect everything. I tried to get Starlink, and yeah. their terminals now are not going to be available uh, mm. until 2023, a whole year from now. Wow. Because they don't have the chips to make the terminals to, yeah. uh, to sign up to the service. Well, well given their success even... in, launch, in launching satellites, that uh, that there, there may also be other reasons. Well, they actually got them launched. They were in the low parking orbit when the uh, the solar flare got them. They, they that. lost. Uh, they lost all all, all but. Uh, let's see. What was it? Nine satellites out of out of forty nine. They launched. Yeah, they lost forty. Yeah, they put them up in that parking orbit to test them, and then the solar flare got them before they made it up to their high altitude. Made them re-enter early. Hey, Glenn, I'll send you this million dollar bill. Yeah. Um. Uh, um. They told me they wouldn't take cash. <laughs> and I'm trying to decide, do I want to go through the, I don't want to say hassles, but I'm going to have to call my credit card company and let them know I'm about to make a very large purchase. Otherwise, they'll reject it. You know, uh, but I get inflation continues, Glenn. You might need that million-dollar bill to buy that radio. That's probably true. You better get it now. <laughs> I, I'm I'm working on it. Believe me. Hey, um, yeah, go ahead and pay go for it. Go ahead and pay for it now, and then uh, pick it up in August when you get down there. Well, see if I pick it up, I got to pay taxes. Oh well, well, no, they can ship the box to you. You can pick the radio yeah, up. They, they can ship the box. They can ship the box. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, that was the whole deal. Is it's free shipping, and if they ship it. To here, um, I don't have to pay tax, sales tax. Yeah. So that's that's part of the deal. I'm gonna, you know, that's gonna save me a, you know, you're talking what a five thousand dollar radio, you know. So yeah. you're gonna save, you know, a couple hundred dollars in, in sales tax. Yeah. You know, but I, you know, I I look at the one that they have up here at HRO in Salem, New Hampshire, and I just shake my head and say. I wish I won the the the, the mega. I mean, yeah, the Powerball because I'd yeah. buy it, you know. But oh, yeah. until then, no. <laughs> well, they had one down in Orlando, and I did not realize that it had a VGA monitor output on the back of the rig, mm-hmm. and there was so much drool on the floor in front of that radio, and that was just me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I was just like. You know, I want it. So, uh, you know, that's... I used to hang out in that Salem, New Hampshire HRO store quite a bit, Bill. Yeah, they, 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 they've they done well up there in that little thing there. I remember when, uh, who is it, Manny? Do you know Gene, Gene Belinsky? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, 
I haven't talked to him in a while, but uh, I was very good friends with Gene. He showed up here at the Redstone Arsenal. Um, I saw him signing into my work, and I was right behind him, and I started uh, sending his, whistling his call sign in Morse code, and he wheeled around. He didn't expect to see me right behind him <laughs> in, in Alabama. <laughs> Well, you know what surprised know me? Uh, in Collinsville, they had a micro center, and Ooh. I hadn't heard or seen of one of those in years. But apparently, there's still 18 locations, and one of them's in St. Louis. And Joe Eisenberg took me there, and I was trying to find a way to buy one of everything. I mean, it <laughs> was. I mean, they had a whole row. I mean, we're talking a complete aisle of keyboards. You know, just one complete aisle dedicated to keyboards. And, I mean, it was just phenomenal. They had stack of the Ender 3, 3D printers. They were literally in a pyramid of boxes in the middle of the aisle. You know, like 40 or 50 of them right there. And I'm like... Get me out of this store before I reach for my credit card. Yeah, well, the, the one in Denver actually has has two aisles dedicated just to Arduino. Yeah, which, well, I did. Which store is that? That is uh, Denver, Colorado. It's uh, right at the junction of uh, of, of Interstate twenty five and Interstate uh, two twenty five. I mean, well, what's the name of the store again? Micro Center. What? They're, uh, they're, they're a chain of computer stores. It's, it's one of the original computer center chains. Yeah, I, I've been to the one in Ohio. They had one in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, they're like Fry's. Yep. Like Fry's yes. used to be. See, I, I'm, I did. I'm, uh, the, my fate in life is that I'm always four hours away from a Fry's. What has yeah. Tom got there? What you got, Tom? He's got... Some kind of clear, clear plastic. Balloon. It is balloon, huh? Yes. That one you blew up, Tom? You have no audio, Tom. Yeah, that's uh, that's all we got back from Georgia. That was the SBS oh. that uh, was on top of the school. Oh, wow. At least you know, you know, have a good idea what happened. Uh, you got the filling nozzle on the bottom there? Yep. Does that look good? Yeah, it looks okay. Yeah. You got the electronics back? Oh, yeah. 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 In fact, we're going to fly them again uh, probably next week. We, we sent a 10-digit grid square on JT-9, and after it landed in Georgia, um, we um, I went to a remote SDR radio in... Uh, Virginia, and I could copy the signals coming from the rooftop. And uh, when we, a 10-digit grid is a 63-foot by 100-foot box, so we put that on a map, and sure enough, it showed it was on top of the roof of a uh, elementary, <laughs> school. elementary school. That was phenomenal. Yeah. 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 That's better than that tree there with that big balloon there that went 108,000 feet there huh Tom? <laughs> yeah so i'm still impressed with the accuracy of the tracking on that one really 
Well, yeah, not, I not, mean, not so much the tracking as the prediction model. You're talking about the high altitude when we sit up and it popped yeah. and came down. I mean, yeah. you were literally, if you had not made a wrong yeah. turn, you would have been within 100 feet of it when it came well, down. Yeah, I mean, it, the prediction and the, the actual was almost right on, man. It made a little S shape and it was right yeah. on, yeah. It was, uh, it was amazing. I don't think we'll ever do another one like that. Uh, we, we were lucky. Everything went perfect on that one. If we launched another one, we'd probably lose it. I don't know. I don't know if I could stand the excitement. Yeah, no, don't don't push your luck. You know, take, know. take the yeah. win on that one. Don't know. Uh, here's something I've been doing uh, last few days. I've got, you know, I've got a bunch of laptops. We've got about 10 or 12 laptops that we use for the show. And uh, we, we go out and set up at Dayton and Huntsville. We'll usually set two or three laptops up and put monitors on them and Put the chat room on one and maybe the video on another or you know they're they're good for a lot of things anyway a lot a lot of the the uh laptops were uh oh, had uh xp in them you know and um well which is still good i mean they're still functioning very nicely for us but uh i pulled the uh, i pulled the old mechanical hard drives out of uh, a few of them uh this week and just stuck in some cheapy solid state drives. You get these solid state drives now for about twenty something bucks. Yeah, they're getting really cheap. I put these suckers in. I, I, I put Windows 10 on one of them. It runs fine. Uh, and on two of them, I put uh, Ubuntu on them. Uh, you know, the Linux based uh, uh, pro, uh, operating system, and uh, they're working great, man. So yeah. Hey, you know, upgrade your old laptop with something like a $30 hard drive, solid-state hard drive. Now, I this is only, this is only 120 gig. This is only 120 gig. I could have got a 240 or a 1 terabyte, but basically all we use those for is surfing and, you know, uh, chat room and stuff like that. So the 120 so, is plenty big. I what, what do you use for an operating system on it, though? Well, I, like I said, I put, well, I put Windows 10 on one of them, but on two of them I put, uh, it's a Linux. It's a Ubuntu. Oh. And yeah. uh, it's free. the The Linux version is free, and uh, you know, works pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, running FreeBSD, which is similar to Linux, it's kind, of, it's a little older. Yeah, what is yeah. that? I'm slowly being forced to upgrade. You know, TurboTax yeah. won't run on anything lower than Windows 8 now. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. No, but I'm like, I'm with you, Bill. XP. Once they got the, you know, once they made it to Service Pack One, XP was phenomenal. I still have XP yeah. on my uh, Hamshack computer. Yep. And I just two clicks, and I've got Notepad up instantly. Now it's like bang, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me think about later. loading this. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking about projects, uh, in the chat before, people were talking about soldering irons. Yes. Just discovered I have this here. This is kind of cool. This is a Milwaukee battery-powered soldering iron. Yeah. So you I don't see. need to use butane. Butane, you just take one of these little batteries. Yeah. And you put it in, and this works great in the field. That's a heavy-duty one. That's a heavy-heavy-duty. I used to have one, but it was much smaller than that. Yeah, uh, I did, too. What was the name of that? It was yellow. Um, had a Dewalt. little button. Yeah. Well, no, that wasn't uh, a Dewalt. It was uh, Ryobi. I don't no. know. It, 
No, is this a little tiny electric soldering? Oh, uh, I know the ones you're talking about. Yeah, had rechargeable. Had rechargeable oh, I lived with those for forever. Well, they work pretty well. This one, this yeah. one, I had. Those were my uh, favorites forever. The the tips wouldn't last long, but they were perfect heat for for doing circuit. The one boards. I had was rechargeable, and you just set it set it in a little charger, and it would charge. Yeah, these were little. Where it was. Mm-hmm. And these were little 110 volt ones. And this yeah. one has a temperature gauge and a temperature control, so it doesn't just heat as hot as it can. It actually heats up to a specific temperature. That looks cool. like that could also be a jackhammer. Does that thing break up concrete yeah. or anything? You know? No, it's it's not. I guess it looks bigger on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's going to be a little bit of an issue trying to do surface mount. Yeah. Yeah. And it has a, t- it has a little needle-like tip. I think I might, I, I might dare to try... <laughs> Braver man than I am. Really, really clean. That's cool. No, this is this is a, the latest fun toy. I'm having a lot, lot of fun building stuff with this. Yeah. Wall W A H L Wall Cordis. That was yeah. Wall. Yeah. My first well, so I'm, I may be leaving soon. Uh, it's getting late here. You're looking tired. Yeah, now, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm adding, uh, I told last time that I'm building the, I was going oh, to build yeah. the antenna tuner. Yeah. For my QRP little kit. And this is, uh, I think this is a clone from a well-known. Yeah. Yeah, tuner. I don't think this uh, it has a very good software or something because it sometimes doesn't solve the problem or sometimes it has like uh, does the same thing but with different results. So I don't think it's a very good software. You know, it's like you well, press the button. I, you know, an auto tuner doesn't always tune everything perfect. Sometimes you might have to change the link just a little bit of the wire. Yeah, like, like, like Alan was explaining. Mm-hmm. But but now I have to put it into the case. I have well, I have to make a case or buy the the proper case for it. I, I don't know. I think I'll have to. I will make something yeah. to put it in. But we'll go very well together with the QRP Labs uh, little uh, digital mode transceiver. But um, this claims to work with a hundred watt. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. Well, it might. Uh, yeah. I tell you, I've got I've got a auto tuner. I've got a 1.5 kW auto tuner, uh, the, one of the MFJs, which well, it works great. Big MFJ. And that thing that thing has the smallest relays in it. Uh, it's amazing. You know, when I would homebrew stuff 50 years ago and build stuff, we'd use big relays for antenna switching and stuff. These things nowadays have the smallest little relays in them, man, and can handle a yeah. thousand watts. Yeah. Maybe the materials they use for the contacts and everything know. are really... I think the tips have contacts for kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was all set to go out and buy one of those SG-137 or yeah. 237 tutor yeah. Yeah. kits. And as I was cleaning off the desk here, I had a LDG Z11, which is a 100-watt tuner. Yeah. And well, got to looking, and that thing has two modes. It's got the, the, you know, the push-button mode that 
keys the rig and then tunes, but it also has that automatic mode right. that you just do a little keystroke, and now whenever you key up, it'll it'll auto-tune. But is that, is that LDD? That. This one is does the same, but yeah. of course, as every Chinese thing, you never understand what the display is right, saying. Right, so, right. So Glenn, does that, that have a... Uh, is that, an, is that a tuner uh, to go outside, or is that an inside tuner? It's an inside tuner. Usually they put the little button on there where you can, you know, manually do it. Uh, of course. Oh, it does. It has yeah. that, but yeah. you can also tune from the rig, you know, vice versa. Oh, yeah. But you can set it into the automatic mode, and I can put it out in the car, you yep. know, mount it out of sight. Yep. And uh, do it that way, and that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. I didn't realize I had it, so I had that on my list of toys to buy. So now I've got well, toy money again. Just uh, pick up around here, and no telling what you'll find. Yeah, I'm I'm amazed at some of the stuff I'm finding. Yeah, yeah. finding cats' toys I haven't seen in years. Yeah, I'm using an SG two thirty seven. I have a delta loof by my roof that's cut to exactly forty meters, and the tuner is just in the middle of the loop. Yeah, so it tunes to ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty, and sixty. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I couldn't do that without the remote tuner. It's it's nice. Uh, it's it's really nice, man. It'll, yeah, it'll, it'll tune just about one. anything out there. But I'm testing with this. You know, maybe of course, maybe some like the LDGs and everything work much nicer or faster. But I don't know. I wanted to test something, and this is really expensive. I paid I think thirty six dollars for it. Which yeah, is, yeah, like, that's a pretty good deal. Just got to yeah, fix the software. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even. Way. Of course, I had to wind all the the, the, the cords. Cord but I, I have no problem with that. I like it. Yeah, that's I, half I the fun. To, yeah, I enjoy doing that. Yeah. So so that that came out very well. I have to do a little case for it. And oh, this uh, the the chinesium connectors. The these are really are awful. You know, they look very nice. But but the they are not like very well made, so some some connectors don't go in very well. So I have to replace them with uh, some good uh, uh, Amphenol or something branded ones, you know. So so that's uh, the project. But yes, working with this uh, in line with the automatic uh, tuning mode on, it's really good when you change bands and it suddenly makes. The tuning itself, so so it has no problem. Works. Yeah, that looks cool. Yeah. So, and now I have uh, the the amplifier kit coming in on its way. It's a single band one. It's a forty meter band amplifier for the ERP labs thing. So I'll have like fifty watt output on forty meter band. So and that will so be. Wait a minute. What's the, what's the point of buying an amplifier for a QRP rig? That, no, that just to I'm, a the whole I'm a QRO guy. I'm not QRP. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was working towards. <laughs> of I was thinking, and I may even do it. I was thinking of, <laughs> of uh, uh, connecting the five watt QRP thing into one of the. I have uh, a thirty L one amplifier, but I, I I can hook another one which was my dad's uh, to the output of the thirty L one to. To drive a like uh, 300 watt output from 5 watt. 
Two-linear mm. <laughs> amplifiers in series. Will that work? The 3001 is nice. Now, that's the small tabletop, right? The 3001? 30L1 is really the nice. The tabletop. Really nice. I, I I want the 30S1. Yeah, that's the that's yeah. as I said, the father of all amps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. But you know, I've been watching some videos. Some one from a Brazilian guy, which is really good technician, and they sent him uh, from from many places around Brazil the the gear to fix him, and he's like really professional. He replaces everything perfectly and and he he bought for himself 130s1 and it's like it's a really uh it's really difficult to to keep alive you know it's like it has really? the mercury i uh, bet you i think it 30s1 only has one tube in it i think it's one yeah but tube. it has the mercury rectifiers yeah. which you have to put the and now, as it yeah. got really old, you have to change the a lot capacity. Of a lot of people are converting. They're field. taking the mercury mercury rectifiers out. They're converting that. Yeah, yeah. but but also the the electrolytic, which are not electrolytic, the the oil cans. Um, yeah, is this yeah, the old cloth wrap paper? Yes. Oh, I don't know if it's, it's from eBay. I don't know where can I see the the link. Well, I bet you that tube in it thirty. That tube must cost two thousand dollars, man. Yeah, I think yeah, it's. I think it's this one. But this one comes with the, with no. Ooh, mine came with all the 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 SMD parts soldered to it. Oh, gee, this is really expensive. I'll give you the link of mine. Wait a second, please. Um, Amazon, and I bought it in Amazon, which is orders. Here it is. It's I. It's the clone of the N N seven DCC. I don't. I'll I'll throw you the link over there. And let me see in the chat here, right? Where where do I type here? There. There it is. Okay. Which I paid. Thirty-six dollars, and all the SMD parts came soldered. To him. Mm -hmm. So, and it's very funny because the the case it costs like thirty something dollars also. So the if if you buy yeah. both things separately, it costs less than if you buy the whole kit with all together. So it's it's funny, you know. I don't. Mm -hmm. know. So that's it. All so right. Go to bed, Charlie. Yeah. Okay. You were you were leaving. <laughs> Ciao. We've got uh we've got about nine we got we got about ten minutes left on our show. Ten minutes, here, yes. We'll be uh, signing off here in a few minutes. Wanna well, thank everybody for joining us tonight and we got a few still in the chat room. We'll say hello to you guys. Thanks for being with us. Uh, if you're out there and you hadn't done it yet, you know what to do. You know what to do there. You got to do this. Uh, you guys got to go to Wally World there and buy some rock salt for that ice that you're going to get. I don't think we'll get any. It's going to be on the other side of the river. So. Yeah, I think it's going to pass north of me. Yeah. All they're, all they're saying we're going to get is rain. But we're right on that line where forecasters can't predict what's going to happen. Yeah, unless something changes and it moves east about 10 miles, we're not going to get it. 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think we're going to get anything out of this other than cold and rain. Yeah, Mark uh, P. Mark P. is there. He's going to get it up in Ohio. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, we're 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 not going to get down to half a degree. It's just yeah. not going to happen. Well, those people up in Ohio, they 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 get it one day, and we get it two days later. You know. So. Yeah. You know what? What is uh, worse than January in Ohio? August. February know. in Ohio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Let me tell you something. I worked with Control Data and then a company called Network Systems, and they were headquartered in Minneapolis. And it seems like all of the southern field engineers got the training classes in the dead of winter. And it seemed like every winter for 14-something years, I would spend January, I would spend like January 15th to February 14th in Minneapolis. And I'd fly up there and it'd be 20 below with 60 below wind chills. And I'd fly out and it's still, you know, 20 below and 60 below wind chills. You all can have that, okay? Just keep it. <laughs> not, not happening. <laughs> My I sister came, came to Ohio once for Christmas. It was 75 degrees in Los Angeles, and it was minus 25 when she arrived in Columbus, Ohio, mm. having dropped 100 degrees. Yeah. That was actually part of the Orlando trip that I actually liked, is I could wear my jacket. It was in the 60s and 50s on Wednesday and Thursday. And it gradually got warm, and then Saturday was almost up to the 80s. But, yeah, I mean, it was actually perfect weather for us northern people going south. There you are. That's what he's talking about right there. Yes, sir. Well, they told me there was some big guns, and I'm sitting here looking for some DX. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, well, no, and that's what I came across, and I'm like, well, you know, I bet I could do some things with those. But I bet you they, could they shoot they a line over a tree. You could put a basketball in that thing and tie a string to it. And uh, Well, they actually had mortars there that oh, were yeah. for yeah. Uh, defending from ground troops. And I swear the mortar balls were bigger than a bowling ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, this thing, you know, the, the barrel was like this big around yeah. and, and yeah. that long. It's a short little barrel. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, launching a bowling ball in the middle of something, you know, uh, good grief. Yeah. But yeah, that was a that was an interesting fort, the way it defended the uh the inlet and everything. I would not want to try to sail past that place. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Well, all right, everybody out there listening on WBCQ. Glad you're with us tonight. Tune in next week. This is amateur. Well, this is actually the, sh the after the show show. It comes on after amateur radio roundtable. We talk about ham radio and everything in between. We got just a few more minutes. Well, Glenn, you can you can sing the national anthem here as we sign off in a minute. Um, no. I, I, I think you would like to have some viewers return next week. 
<laughs> yeah, it's kind of like what was the Chevy? What was the Chevy Chase movie? The 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 mother they they were going to say the prayer at at the Thanksgiving lunch, and she stands up and says the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> well, I would sound like a cat with its tail caught in the car door. Yeah. All right, well, and Bill. Right, and, and, Bill, I got to work. I got, I got, I've got two truckers built up. One seems to be working, and one don't work. I haven't verified your your software yet. Okay. Um, I I uh, need to load the working one and see if it works. Bill, what you had to do on that software? Oh, uh, just um, add a command to put it into GPS mode instead of uh, BIOS and GPS. It just saves oh, okay. power. Oh, okay. I think uh, he had a TCXO that had, you know, some of the traces have pads underneath the, the where the chip solders down, which is bad news for trying to hot, hand solder. It just sucks the solder away from the pad. So. Ah, okay. So uh, that's probably... So it wasn't really a programming thing on the GPS. It was just the mounting. The TCXO was not. Uh, well, I put that in with a. I, I put that in with hot air. Oh, did you? Yeah, that's, that's the only way. I, well, yeah, I put it in with hot yeah, air, that, but that's a good you know, I, I redid it. I redid it and pressed down on it with the tweezers, and uh, obviously, it it fixed the problem. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, see if my software works. I'm trying to yeah. set it up so that all yeah. you had to do is set one variable. Uh, true or false to switch between. Yeah, it's already it's already set. I didn't see any place in there to change. I mean, I, I didn't change anything. Was it already set for the three three six H? I set it up for the three three six H. Okay. Pretty sure I did. I better yep. check that. Yep. I think I did. Let's see. Hold well, on. I see the one in here. It says false on the U block. It said false equal U block or U block equal false. And then it said. If it said U blocks equals false, yeah. then that that yeah. yeah. Actually, it says uh, max eight equals false. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then then it should switch to the command for the uh, the ATGM okay. without doing. I think what it was doing is sending command U blocks commands to it, and it got confused. Yeah. What language are you using to program that? C. Uh, Arduino C. Oh, okay. The standard Arduino C, pretty much. Yeah, I've been playing with MicroPython. Oh, yeah, th that's fun. You can do a lot with that. Yeah, that's where I'm heading at some point. I picked up a pair of the Picos from the Micro Center up there. But that's going to be next year. And then, Tom, I'm going to update the software so you can turn the either selects the slow CW or not. But that's going to take a little bit more time to fix that up. You know, the 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 slow the CW is in there because I see the ones and the O's, but I, I it it's not transmitting it. It won't transmit it because I have it commented out in the timing four dot H section. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Well, I know on one I had it, and on one I didn't. Now, when we launched that dual launch last week, 
I, I the think AC5CM1. I, I think I think that one did had it. It had it turned off, but I had it on the other right. one. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I switched the frequencies and I turned off the CW on that one. The one that landed on the school. Yeah, I need to straighten this stuff. I'm getting so confused. I got so many different versions, and I last I time we made that launch, I switched the software on the two balloons at the last minute. So I can't remember which software was running on what balloon and which, you know. <laughs> well, it, uh, just yeah. remember, uh, it's real easy now. It's going to be 022222. Okay. All right. I got you. It'll be, be 2020. Uh, it'd be 2020 TWO. <laughs> no, TOO. 2020 or whatever, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. It'll be two, twenty-two, twenty-two, two. Yeah. Well, you could put the time in here too. Two. Oh yeah, I could two, do that. Two, 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 two. You you could take the time down and and, and two, two, two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. I think we need to close it up here. I need to get me something to eat. Maybe watch a little TV. I'm gonna. I hope my balloon comes tomorrow, Bill. I, I, they said it shipped like a week ago, but, you know, we had a holiday and everything, no mail, so yesterday. Yeah, I got one in order, too, so I'd like we'll to, see. I, I'm sure hoping when I measure it. I hope it's a real 32-inch. Yep, yep, and what like I'm going to blow it up with air just to see if I can get a, a diameter of it, you know, after it fills out, and then, of course, we'll have to get the air out, and then... And we'll try I've been it. using this uh, balloon time, you know, little canister helium. Yeah. To to test them. Yeah. All right. I've got the good helium in the in the back room in the lab, but I hate to waste that for just doing pressure testing. Yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. It's ten o'clock. Uh, good night, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. This is Amateur Radio Roundtable. Seventy-three to everybody. Seventy-three, y'all. See y'all later. <laughs>